Welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. This is Jared Shaffet and Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode seven of the Boneyard Podcast. We have a great guest lined up for today's uh, episode. We have defensive coordinator of ECU football, um, one of the newest members of the ECU coaching staff, Blake Harrell, coming on later on in the podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, but first off, Artie. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. You know, working. Still working. I know a lot of people around the country are working, but I've been fortunate enough to still be able to have a 40-hour work week. Um, still, you know, with this whole quarantine going on, it's, 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 it's a mess. But it's honestly, being able to do this podcast has given me a lot of solace <laughs> in, this, in this quarantine. I don't know what day we're on, um, but being able to do this every Sunday. Day is, too is, many. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been phenomenal. So uh, I'll flip it back to you, man. How you, how you been? Man, I'm good. So uh, last week we talked a little bit about it. I was... Uh, I mentioned that I was furloughed from my job, mm-hmm. um, that I had been out of work for about five weeks. Well, guys, I uh, I got the magic call from my, my work. Uh, we got we got the CARES Act funding, so um, the bill to help small businesses. Um, and I'm headed back to work tomorrow, tomorrow being Monday, depending nice. on uh, what day you're listening to this podcast. So we're recording on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll be headed back to work. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to do that. I feel like I'll be able to be a little more productive than what I've been <laughs> right. um, lately. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, been, it's been good, man. I, I just got back from the beach. I went to the beach with my, with my wife. And, mm-hmm. uh, we, Shout out, Savannah. Yeah, we, we, had, we had some fun. We went down there for a couple of days. She's basically, since she's still off of work, she's basically going to just stay down at Emerald Isle and stay in my family's beach house and... Just kind of hang out for the next month yeah. or so. If you had to be stuck in quarantine, that's not a bad spot to be stuck in Irmanau yeah. Beach. So, <laughs> so. I'll, I'll be coming. I'll be going down on the weekends uh, when I'm when I'm not working. But I, I told her I said I want I want you to be able to get away. I, I mean I've been laid off before. I know how it is sitting mm-hmm. in the house and just being bored out of your mind. Right. Just especially having that itch to just to go do something. Especially especially if you're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was the two of us, it was fine. But um, now that she's alone, now she can at least go out on the beach. Uh, take our dog out for a different walk every right. single day, go somewhere else. Um, and then I've got family down there that she can hang out with and see um, my aunts, my aunt and uncle and my grandparents are down there. So she can still see them. Mm-hmm. Um, she can social distance with them um, or away from them, kind of say six feet away. Right. But yeah, um, they've been good, man. And um, like I said, I'm just excited to get back to work. Um, but I'm, like you said, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we have this podcast to do. And Absolutely. Ju- judging from our social media, our DMs on on Twitter mm-hmm. um, and on Instagram, I mean, guys, we we're loving the feedback that y'all are giving us. Absolutely. Um, some yep. of it, some of it's uh, constructive, but a lot of it's been good feedback. Um, it, thank you, thank you for sending that stuff in. I'd say our um, sub dog sweepstakes has gone rather well. Um, um, we still have still have time to to do that. By the way, yeah, we we've basically gone viral, so we're not going to announce it this week on on today's episode. Um, but we are going to announce next week, so next Sunday. Make sure that uh, you listen to our podcast that drops next Sunday, episode eight. Mm-hmm. We will be announcing who won the uh, Barstool Best Bar National Championship T shirt. Yep, the one that I uh, I'm actually wearing mine right now. Artie, what what do you think of this it's, shirt? It's, it's a very nice T-shirt. I love the shade of purple on it. You know, obviously, uh, and and the back of it. You know, back to back. You know? Back to back. <laughs> back to back. Gotta love back it. Back to Gotta back. Gotta love it. 
Yeah, so uh, we'll be announcing the winner of that along with the $100 gift card. Mm -hmm. So it's a package deal. You win both. Um, So make sure if you haven't retweeted and if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, make sure to do that. We are at Boneyard Podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay? So make sure you're following us. Make sure you retweet that tweet. It's it's the one that is pinned at the top of our profile. Um, So, yeah, make sure sure to check that out. it's. I mean, I'm. I'm excited about. It. I'm excited to give some stuff away. Mm-hmm. Um. Hopefully, in the future, we can do some more giveaways. But this one's. This one's been a really good one. We've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. Um. We've got so many DMs saying, "Hey, give me that damn shirt." And <laughs> so, I mean, I, I. I want y'all to get this shirt. I want y'all to get this money. Um. And reinvest it back into the, into the community and absolutely. Um. Get give that back to Sup Dogs. I mean, it is a Sup Dogs gift card, but. Give them some more business. Uh, yeah, and, and we said this last week. A hundred dollars sub dogs goes a long way. Yeah. So, so. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll work something out for next time. Artie and I are back in Greenville. We'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll work something out. Maybe we can all whoever wins, we can get we can get dinner, and uh, y'all can y'all can pay for our meal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So Artie, we we've had a little bit of news. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. Over the past couple of days. Um. Not nothing as far as really ECU concerned, but we've had we've had some signings in the NFL going down. We had we didn't see anybody drafted in the NFL draft that happened over the weekend starting right. Thursday, but we had we had some guys uh, we had some guys sign with with some NFL teams and mm-hmm. re- kind of I mean I'm really excited for these guys. Uh, Deshaun Amos, who I mean he spent the last two or three years in the CFL lighting it up. Yep. As cornerback, uh, former ECU cornerback, he signed with the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that's a good landing spot for him. Um, been talking with him over the past couple of days, uh, checking in, um, seeing how he's doing. And he, I mean, he told me that he's uh, he, he's excited for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think about this signing? I think it's, I, 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 you know. Battling in the CFL, you know, he had to he had to earn his stripes, and and I'm very very happy to see Amos back into the NFL. Um, I know he's hungry. I know he's determined. Um, another signing though, and and someone that I think is just as determined as him, Kendall uh, Kendall Futrell. Hopefully, I'm saying his name right. Um, defensive end, signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if you heard, but the Cincinnati Bengals also uh, got a guy by the name of Joe Burrow. In Never a, heard of him with the with the first pick of the NFL draft. Never so heard I, of him. I, I think he's landed in a very very good spot, um, and I think he's very hungry, very determined. I think all the guys that you know didn't get drafted have a chip on their shoulder. So now the, it's just about work. It's just about going out there, grinding, working. Um, so I'm very very excited for for both those guys and, and and the other guys that signed as well. Yeah, we got one more guy to announce that signed. Uh, big G Mac Garrett McGinn. Uh, oh yeah, he he re-signed with the. Buffalo Bills last year he uh he signed a undrafted free agent contract with them. Um I, I believe he was cut during training camp, mm-hmm. but then went on signed with the Panthers later on in the season. Um and I mean he made he made the 53 man roster with them. Um but now he's back up in Buffalo um where where they love football and they I mean they've had some former ECU Pirates on there but mm-hmm. um I'm glad to see him still in the league and Absolutely. getting another shot at it. Um, I mean, I think on the offensive line, he he can really do some. Help, he can really help some teams 
or help a team on, on that, the offensive line. And that Bills team is very young, so he's got a good good shot of really going up there competing and, and, and earning a starting spot. You know, it's a very young team, very hungry team. So um, very happy for all three of those guys, to be honest with you. They, I think they all land in good spots. Yeah, so we, we talked about the guys that got drafted or didn't get drafted um, this year, but that signed contracts. Um, Deshaun Amos being a graduate from a couple years back, same with Garrett McGinn, mm-hmm. um, but then Kendall Futrell, who who just signed, uh, coming straight out of college, right. signing that undrafted free agent contract. Um, but looking forward, we didn't have any guys drafted in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Artie. Sadly. Uh, well, we were one of the two teams in the American Conference that, that didn't. Granted, we have probably the youngest team in our conference. Absolutely. Um, we, we're returning, I believe it's like, 85, 80% of the guys that were on last year's squad, mm-hmm. they're coming back. The whole offense is coming back, um, minus a couple names. But all, all the key names, they're coming back. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I kind of wanted to take a second and look at the future mm-hmm. of ECU draft guys. So, yeah. I mean, we all know th- we all know that, I mean, the last – Couple years we we haven't seen anybody really since Zay, but well, just just go ahead and address the elephant in the room. We just haven't had good teams the last few years. No, <laughs> just haven't but, had good. But then again, teams. UConn had a guy get drafted, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's tough to see that. But once again, we didn't we didn't have the guys graduating this year, leaving the program mm-hmm. because our team is so young. Our team, I mean, that that's the thing that I mean, I'm looking forward to for the future because this team is so young. They're they they haven't hit their peak yet. Yeah, they haven't they haven't seen um, we haven't seen the them at their full capacity of what they can do on the field. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, are there any guys that maybe you're thinking of for next year's draft that we should be looking out for? I've got a couple names that that I would that I would throw in there. Um, as far as next year's draft. I don't personally have anybody that I'm looking towards. I know that the in two years that that junior class that junior dead. class. I've, I've got two guys that I don't want to talk about, but I'll I'll flip it back to you as far as this upcoming year or next year's draft as far as guys coming out because I really don't have any that I see that could possibly be drafted. So, uh, and Coach Harrell in our interview letter he he mentions mm-hmm. one of these guys, Aaron Ramsor. Okay, um, I mean this kid. He, he's he kind of reminds me of he's just a dog on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a linebacker. I mean, seeing some of the things that he's going that he does. I mean, he's got that speed. He's he's tough. Um, he can he can hit those gaps and uh, really get after a quarterback. So I, I would say looking at him, and then um, the other guy I would say is Devondre Tank Robinson, another guy that. Okay. Another guy that I could see. That, that is a name that I know that I that I forgot about. Yep. So th- those are two guys that I can see um, on the defensive side of the ball. We haven't had we haven't had a guy drafted from the defensive side of the ball in, in a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would be I would be interested to see how they fare right. next year going into the 2021 draft. Um, I think under Coach Harrell. Um, I think that they can really have an impact mm-hmm. um, as long as they stay healthy. Um, Aaron battled a little bit of an injury last year towards the end of the season. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think looking forward, those two guys for the 2021 class mm-hmm. are the guys that they might not go day. The, I doubt they go day one. Right. They, they would have to have a hell of a season this year to be to jump up into the first round. But I could see these guys being a round three, round four um, type draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys that are really gonna um, do some work on the defensive line. Yeah. For for an NFL team in the future. Um, so, and we all know we all kind of know who who the guys are for the junior class but yeah man I, there's 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 a couple of names I I mean there's more than a couple um but I'm really excited to see if they can propel themselves you know two or three years from now and and, and be drafted um one CJ Johnson um I think you know well he, he's got a couple years he's a sophomore right yeah now, I know I know so. but I'm, I'm just saying two years from now I I think you know he could absolutely be a high draft pick I'm talking about a second third round draft pick uh, coming out, Blake Pro, who I know is he's going to be what a junior this year. He's a he, yep. He's going into his junior season. His junior season. Um, grew up right down the road from 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 the Pro family. They they didn't live that far away from where I lived. That um, actually played pop Warner football. His older brother Austin Pro. Okay. So that whole family, I I know what they're about. They are a legit football family. Um, and if he continues the way he continues, I think he could be a high draft pick. Um, you know, obviously our our our, our quarterback. Holt Naylor's, if he continues his ascent the way he did um, from the from the latter half of last season, you know, first part of last season didn't really start that great, but he learned a lot. Exactly, learned a lot, grew up a lot. Um, I, I really think this season is his season to kind of put himself on the map as far as you know, I, I getting think, his name out there nationally. I, I think this year, I mean, even now, I, I follow. I'm not. I haven't done any of them yet. The college fantasy football drafts or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, that that's something I would like to do in the future. Uh, maybe on this podcast, maybe we'll we'll do something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's something that when you look at them, a lot of those guys they usually have eight eight team leagues, and a lot of them are drafting whole nailers in there. Now he goes in the fourth round, mm-hmm. but they're they're picking up these running backs and wide receivers in the in the first couple rounds, and then going to a quarterback, but. I mean, for him to be the first quarterback picked out of those eight teams, that that shows you he's got potential. Yeah. So, and we we all know he's got potential. We all know that um, he he's got uh, he's got a little room to grow. But oh, absolutely. We, we yeah. know he's he's not a finished product. We we know that you the, know right the skill set is there. Mm-hmm. He's just got to keep refining it. Um, he's got to get better at maybe recognizing plays downfield. Right. That that if I had one. Suggestion, or I, like I said in our interview, I never played football, so I can't. <laughs> this is me just being a, an armchair quarterback or an armchair coach. I mean, oh, you would have been a tackle, Jared. I can tell you that right now. But but look, you'd have been a tackle. <laughs> looking at this man, I mean, he, if he can just get his vision a little bit further downfield, mm-hmm. I, I think that will really help his game. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know he's got legs. I mean. He, I think last year he was number two on the team in rushing. Right. And the year before he led the team in rushing. Right. So we know he's got legs. I mean, he he plays a lot like Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. But he's also got to get that. But that passing game has, if, if he wants to have a career at the next level, he's got to, you know. If, if he wants to be a true dual threat quarterback, mm-hmm. he's got to be able to hit, hit his man 15 yards deep, 20 yards deep, 
where which it, it can be done. We saw Cam Newton do it. We saw Lamar Jackson just just do it. Just won MVP. So I mean, he can definitely you know uh, still uh, have that running ability and be an excellent passer. I mean, another guy that you're looking at from the NFL that when he was in college for the most part was run first was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, well, that I mean that's another guy. I mean, look what he's doing in the league right mm-hmm. now. Um, I think if he can get that part of his game down pat, mm-hmm. then we'll really be talking about if he can get that. I think we're looking at a, a high second round, late first round draft Absolutely. pick. Because uh, I mean, he's got I mean he's got the size. He's six three. He's like two thirty. I mean, this man he's he, he's a man. Yeah, he, he's going out there. He's he, I've said it about other guys before. He's a freaking nature. Um, and. And he can take a hit too. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 offensively, you know, ECU has always had studs, and I think in the future they're always going to have studs offensively. Um, you know, defensively is where you know I you know because I'm a defensive guy. I, I played defense when I played football growing up. You know, and and for us not having a draft pick, and I don't, I don't know when the last time we had a defensive draft pick, and you know, in the draft, and hopefully with you know um, you know coach coach Blake Harrell coming in, and, you know, turning this thing around. Hopefully we can start, you know, get some of those guys back in the draft on the defensive side of the ball for ECU because we we have been in the dumps, you know, rank you know bottom ten, you know, each of the last three years. And so offensively, you know, we we, we know where we're at offensively, but I would love to see us turning around and and, and get some guys defensively um, that can match anybody on offense as far as star power. So yeah, and I mean. That's uh, I mean that that's the place that we need to be, and I think next year, if we're if we're gonna see somebody come out um from the defensive side and get drafted, I, I like those guys. I said the Aaron Rams or the Devondre Robinson, mm-hmm. Tank Robinson. Um, seeing those guys, um, I think I think that would be I think that would be big for us. Um, also looking forward to in two years to the junior class. Another guy, I mean of former walk-on he's a smaller guy mm-hmm. um tyler sneed oh yeah I mean, he's five yeah. seven but right right now i'd say he's our swiss army knife man tyler sneed can really do it all yeah i mean he return he kicks catch passes he, run the football he can he can really do it all he came out of nowhere yeah and i mean really made an impact on the cc football team um so I'd big like, fan of tyler sneed i'm happy you mentioned that name yeah so um th- those are guys that i'm looking forward to um in the next couple of years getting drafted um Make sure if if you've got some other names, there's plenty that of them that there's enough skill in that junior class. Oh yeah, yeah. That I wouldn't be surprised if we see three or four guys from that class get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure if you if you have some guys that maybe we didn't name, um, maybe we just glossed over them. Uh, let us know. On, let us know on Twitter. Tell us on at Boneyard Podcast. That way. Um, we we can maybe mention them next week. Absolutely, we'll we'll try to revisit this conversation. Um, but Artie, we like we said, we recorded this awesome interview with Coach Blake Harrell, mm-hmm. um, defensive coordinator for ECU football. Absolutely. Uh, why don't you say let's uh, let's take this podcast onto that interview? How, how's that sound? Let's switch it over. All right, sounds good. Here's Coach Blake Harrell. Our guest today is one of the newest members of the ECU football coaching staff. Most recently, he was the defensive coordinator at Kennesaw State, where his defense finished third in total defense and 10th in scoring defense at the FCS level. Welcome to the Boneyard Podcast, ECU defensive coordinator, Blake Harrell. How's it going, coach? 
Going great. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, pleasure's all ours. We're, we're glad to have you on, and uh, we're, we're excited for you to be joining Pirate Nation, um, to be coming in and uh, taking over the defense. Um, probably one of the weaker points of our team for the last yeah. three or four years, so we know that, we know that you've got a, a big job ahead of you. Um, but first off, how, how are you uh, adjusting to Greenville right now? Well, it's been awesome. I mean, you know, got here in late January, so did get some time in before the quarantine hit and uh, got got uh, stay a place at the house here. But we actually just kind of give you a rundown, a timeline of how everything happened there. Um, you know, I think my first official start date was January 27th. So basically the whole month of February, I was uh, li living here by myself and, and getting football kicked off and get it going and all that. And then we uh, we purchased a house here in the Greenville community, and you know, we finally got into that house around got into the house here around March fifteenth. So by the time we got moved in, it was about the time the quarantine hit. So my wife doesn't really know exactly. Uh, she hasn't experienced Greenville as much as I have, but we're excited. The neighbors have been awesome, and it's been really good uh, welcoming for the community. That, that, that's great to hear. We're uh, we're glad that you're enjoying it so far. Um, so. You talked about getting here and getting adjusted with the quarantine going on. I mean, that's got that's gonna be tough coming into a new a new job and a month and a half in, you're like, oh dang, yeah, I'm gonna pretty much shut everything down. Mm -hmm. I, I was, uh, you know, things were really going really good with our players this winter and just kind of our winter meetings and some walkthroughs we were able to do with those guys and and you know them they had their own self practice, I guess. Uh, getting out and doing things. So I was really excited to kind of get on the turf with them, hit the grass, and and get get rock and rolling there. And and then all of a sudden, spring break, they get to come back from that. And uh, but you know, it is what it is. You can look at it and see the negatives, and see see the fears and the failures and all that. Or you can look at it, you know, glass half full, and and take it from there. I mean, everybody in the country is going through the same thing. And what we tell our players is, whoever handles us the best, whether it's East Carolina, whether it's South Florida, whether it's Central Florida, whether it's South Carolina, Marshall, whoever it may be, is going to have the biggest advantage coming next, into next fall. And we just kind of, you know, attacking it the best we can attack it uh, through our player meetings and, and those guys are doing workouts on their own. So just staying focused on the gold and, and hopefully seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel here as we go through the weeks and, and make sure we're preparing, preparing for the fall. Hey, what's up, Coach? This is, this is Artie here. Um, I know you were just – you know, said that you moved into Greenville in January and just really starting to, to get everything implemented. Um, and then everything got put on pause. How have you, you know, been able to, you know, implement your culture and implement, you know, what it is you're trying to do, um, even though, you know, you, you, we have to social distance at this point. But, you know, for especially for a new coach, you know, coming in, you know, it's very important to establish the culture. How have you been able to do that uh, through these last couple of months? Right. Well, I think that the big thing you you mentioned there, the key word you use is culture. And I think that so many, so many programs, so many coaches, so many uh, teams, fans don't realize it's all about your culture. Uh, mm -hmm. Coach Houston's done a great job with this program as far as setting the, the a culture and developing a culture that he wants. Obviously, we're not there yet, but we're working in that direction. Um, and I think the month, I, you know, month and a half, we did have our players and I was in place that we started getting things, you know, just the enthusiasm. And that was the big piece that I saw coming in is that we wanted to get our guys uh, some confidence and, and believing and some enthusiasm and excited about our program and excited about our culture and excited about our defense. And I think we'd accomplished that. And we try to continue that as the, um, you know, as we've been apart and been separated, whether it's just through, uh, you know, meetings, 
Uh, we have position meetings a couple times a week with our players. We're also doing a little Kahoot quiz where we, uh, you know, quiz them on some install and, and just little fun things like that just to, you know, I want our guys when they come in the building to feel like, hey, well, they're excited to go to work. Mm-hmm. They're excited to perfect their craft. They're excited to get on the field, perform for Pirate Nation and Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and, and be excited about what we do defensively. Yeah, and uh, looking looking at that, I mean, you've worked with Coach Houston before. Um, what has working with him in the past in, in when you were working with him at Lenore Ryan and the Citadel, mm-hmm. uh, how how does that really affect um, how you're how you're going to work with him going forward, especially during this time? How has that well, helped you? Yeah, it's it's certainly helpful. I mean, when you go to a program. For instance, when I went to Kennesaw State and I never worked with Brian Bohannon, I didn't know exactly, you know, maybe how his day-to-day operations were, exactly what he was looking for uh, from us as a defensive staff. Obviously, being, you know, worked with Coach Houston for it at several different places, turning programs around at both those places, I knew exactly what it took for us to get the job done there. I knew what he his expectations are, and I just kind of, you knew how to read him going in. It didn't take, you know, a couple games in or halfway through the season before you, like, got a good feel for it. You've already got that familiarity with him. So that's been good. Yeah, and, and, and Coach, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, mention, you know, Jared and I are very, very proud, you know, ECU Pirates. And over the last few years, you know, we've kind of been bottom 10 uh, in the defense. You know, 130th nationally, which is dead last, 120th, I believe, and 111th in the last three years, respectively. Um, it's been It's been very, very hard and, you know, definitely have a daunting task ahead of you, um, but you've had a lot of success. So I would say, you know, what is, what would you say is the key to turning that defense around and making us respectable again? Well, well the good thing is there's nowhere to go but up. So, Right. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the positive. That's the positive. I think you got to attack it every day. And, um, you know, we want to we be complex in how we may look to, to fans or offense coordinators or quarterbacks or O-line, but we want to keep it simple enough that our kids can go out there and play fast and can fly around and, and, and make plays. And that's what about uh, play, players Players make plays. And we got to make sure we get them in the right position and do those type of things. And, um, you know, there, there is there is uh, hope. I was just looking at studying uh, what Coach Grants had done at Oklahoma, you know, last week. And I think last – in 2018, they were like 115th or 118th in the nation in total defense. And this past year they went to 38th, which – you know, is is huge, huge uh, achievement right there. Uh, just what he was able to do to Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, you know, we're a different league, different level, maybe some different players, but, you know, there is hope that you can get those things done. And uh, some of that's just, hey, a, a different, you know, different face or a different way to attack things and, and uh, coming in and, and, and getting kids to buy into what we're doing and playing fast and going in the right direction. And, you know, we, we're selling them on a couple of things. And, and one is um, – bring the juice and bring the energy in everything we do. And I, I tell our guys that starts with me from our meeting room to carry it over to the practice field and then to the game, to game day and Dowdy Ficklin. And that's just, Hey, if, if one of us make a play, we all make a play. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to have energy. And you know, that energy is contagious. You know, we got throughout our defense, throughout our football team, throughout the fans and Dowdy as well. So, and then we just talk about our, our goals as a defense and how we're going to get there every day. So that's been good with our players and, We'll continue to keep marching that same same path. Yeah, and I, I I couldn't agree more with you. And I know um I know you and Coach Houston have some history. Um, I would you know, what program would you say or what university uh, that you've worked with in the past has best prepared you for this moment as a defensive coordinator? You, you know, it's uh 
it's kind of unique. You know, when we were we went to Lenore Ryan, we got there in 2007. They hadn't had a winning season since 1994. Mm-hmm. So you talk, you talk about the challenges that we're facing here and, and some things. Um, but, you know, they hadn't had, had a winning season since 94. Um, I think our third year there, we had a winning season. His last three years as the head coach, we won won uh, three straight conference championships, went to the national championship. Uh, we went to uh, the Citadel. Obviously, the Citadel has uh, some challenges. SoCon's a very good football league. Um, hadn't won a conference championship. Had only won two in the school history. Hadn't won one since 1991, I believe, 90 or 91. Uh, in his second season there, we uh, we won a conference championship, beat South Carolina, won a playoff game, mm-hmm. and then this, you know, and then following year followed it up with another conference championship. So was able to go back to back, two conference championships, and that's as many as they had in school history. So that that certainly prepared me for this for this opportunity. Yeah. Um, going into Kennesaw State was a little bit different opportunity, you know, maybe the toughest. Where, you know, when you're going into a situation with Lenore Ryan or the Citadel or, or maybe even here. Um, where they hadn't had a lot of success, and all of a sudden you have a little bit, boom, they're on top of it. But when I took over for Brian Newberry at Kennesaw State, they had had a lot of success. They had been to the playoffs. They had won championships. So the players didn't automatically just buy into what you were saying. You know, they kind of wanted to kind of fill you out a little bit and see. Um, so that was a little bit of a tougher opportunity there, which, uh, you know, and, and certainly each place has its challenges, and you learn from each place. and and you take a little bit from here and there and kind of move forward with it and give it to your players and, and kind of give you the best chance to go win ball games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never played, and I've always watching football and learning football as, as a fan. Uh, I've always seen that um, the defense, I mean, that's I, – if I played, that, that's where I would, mm-hmm. would want to be. Um, what – can you, can you give us some of your history before you got into coaching? Can you kind of talk through how you got into coaching? You, you, I know you were a grad assistant at Western Carolina. Yeah, so what? So I'm a lot like you. I, I never, you know, I never played college football. Um, they always said I, I didn't quite meet the height requirements or the speed requirements. So that was pretty much it. But now in high school, I was a three-sport athlete. Um, maybe not the best athlete on the field, but certainly enjoy competition and competing and really enjoy just watching my teammates be successful as well. And, and that's kind of what led me into coaching. So as soon as I graduated, I, I knew I wanted to, to go into uh, coaching. And I actually, uh, as I went to school at Western Carolina, I still worked at, at the uh, local high school volunteer coaching and they let me uh, be the JV offense coordinator and call plays, which was, which was a lot of fun and enjoyed it and just kind of got me into it. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then I was a student assistant under Bill Blah, Western Carolina, for a couple of years. Uh, then got into high school. Uh, after I graduated, I coached at uh, McDowell High School, Fuquay Verena High School, and then back at Franklin High School, my hometown. And then, you know, that that led into Lenore Ryan. But again, that was, uh, you know, those those high schools and and do you know you have a lot of respect for those high school teachers who were able to, to uh, you know. Take, take their part of the day, teach, do their job, and then go to the rest of the part of the day and, and, and go about their business as far as football or whatever athletic event they may be in charge of. Yeah, definitely. Um, Artie, did you have a did you have another question? Yeah, I, um, I, I know you're just now getting to know uh, some of these kids, and I know it, everything's got put in all pause, um, but who would you say are the, the one or two guys on the defensive side of the ball that people don't really know about that we should be looking out for 
uh, for this upcoming season? Well, I, I think, you know, like you said, that was kind of one of the things I was excited about spring ball and going going through and seeing our kids, you know, on the, on the practice field and mm-hmm. actually what they can do between the between the lines. But, you know, just the energy they carry throughout the building, the energy they carry in the weight room it has been a lot of fun. I mean, some of our corners, you know, they, they're exciting to kind of pound up. Juan Powell, I like seeing his smile and just seeing him around the building, um, <laughs> you know. Xavier Smith, I think he, he he's going to be solid. You know, you know, linebacker Bruce, Aaron, all those guys. You know, Aaron can come back from injury. You watch him on film, and and he he triggers. He's got something a little bit different from him. Mm-hmm. Up front, we're going to have a bunch of guys that probably nobody's ever heard of, right? And, and haven't seen a whole lot of action, but they're going to be fun. You know, you're going to see those guys get better every week because every snap they play, they're going to get better. And and by game four or five they're going to be pretty good football players and going in that direction at least. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at some of the, some of the guys that come in, I mean, th- this newest recruiting class, the 2020 class, I mean, it, it's stacked on defense. Um, when you look at the guys that are already enrolled, I know you've only been with them for maybe a month and a half, but what have those guys shown to you and that are coming in now um, from this 2020 class? Well, some of them, you know, they, they should still be high school seniors. They should still be in their right. senior year going to prom and and enjoying the, the end of their senior year. But they're already in an environment where you're asking those guys to, you know, practice, work out, uh, compete at a college at a college football level, you know, Division One American Athletic Conference level. And, boom, they've done a great job of just picking that up and, and moving right into where – you know, I think when we had our, our coaches' runs, our morning runs um, early or late January, early February there, you could tell they stood out a little bit of who the freshmen were. But by the last workout, they fit right in and, and did a good job of closing the gap there. And, and, you know, I'm excited about those guys. How much they'll contribute this fall, I'm not sure. Uh, but down the road, they're going to be really, really special. And are, are there any of the guys on that come in, have any of them stood out to you individually? We certainly those guys up front, whether it's JV McCray, um, mm. you know, whether it's our, our junior college kids that just came in, uh, Romero, the, you know, another freshman that came in, all, and then linebacker, you know, Taylor Jackson and, and mm. Eric Doctor, all, all there already. Um, but those, those guys are going to be really good players. You just don't know how fast once once the uh, you get between the lines, they can pick up the schemes and and uh, you know compete at a college college football level. Yeah, as as far as the workouts go, I've, I've been kind of curious on that. I, I'm sure they're doing them individually, but have you guys? I mean, how, how's that going? Is it video chats? Is it phone calls? How how is everybody keeping up and staying in shape during this time? So they they um, you know do the best they can do with what, what workout facilities they have available to them. Some mm-hmm. some of our guys have uh, weights in their garage, or they're making their own weights in their backyard, or whatever it may be. Um, so they're doing a good job with that, and holding each other accountable. I know that. Our players got their own little groups that they're holding each other accountable for. Right. Um, just the NCAA rule came out said uh, we're not allowed to to uh, like or favorite anything on social media. They may put a, a wow. workout up, so that's kind of an interesting uh, little deal there. But um, but I think our players are doing a good job holding themselves accountable, and that's really you know if you think about you know where I was ten years ago, Division Two, we didn't keep uh, we didn't keep players around campus in the summertime. We just didn't have that that luxury or, mm-hmm. or financial needs to do that. And really it was about, you know, each other, each individual, each position, each side of the ball, holding each other accountable. 
and you look at, you know, your Division three Mountain Unions, those teams that are consistently, they go through the same thing. So, you know, it's about holding each other consistent, each other accountable, um, putting in putting in your work, make sure you're holding, your, you know, ready to hold, hold up your end of the bargain and uh, give yourself the best chance to win. Yeah, and looking back at some of your past teams, Coach, um, we, we kind of touched on the the culture aspect of you coming in and installing that culture, but you're also bringing with you a, a whole new defensive scheme. I mean, you're, you're planning on changing that up. Um, can, you, can you tell us about what the type of scheme that you usually run on defense? Yeah, so we, like you said, we're certainly going to change things up. We turn, change our terminology up, um, and so that's kind of been – you know, something new for the kids kind of have to, to go through and face, but it's been challenging. I think anytime you challenge young men, that they will, they'll surprise you and step up and meet those challenges. And they've done a great job uh, learning our scheme, learning our terminology, learning our pressures. But we want to be multiple, um, play multiple fronts, um, you know, give the offense different looks each, each and every snap, um, you know, several different coverages, whether it's two high, single high, post coverage, um, you know, quarters coverage, whatever it may be. But we want to be aggressive, too. I mean, um, we set school record, records in sacks and school records in tackles for loss last year. So that kind of tells you a little bit about, you know, yeah, a lot of that, some of that has to do with your players and who you're playing, but it's also about your scheme, and that's how we want to attack, and that's how we want to go after people um, and, and just, you know, be the mayhem, be the chaos creators, mm-hmm. and let our guys turn loose and go make plays. Yeah, and – I know, I know, looking back, I mean, you've only been here for a month and a half. I know we keep saying that, but, I mean, it, I can already see that, like, you have gotten to know these guys. You've gotten to um, know the community. Um, what, what is one thing that, like, when you first was – when you were first contacted by ECU about the position, what was the first thing that popped into your mind? Well, you know, first – just talking about the relationships of the players, I think, you know, I'm a firm believer. Players don't care what you know until they know you care. So mm-hmm. I got to do a great job. and I can't expect them to, to build a relationship. I got to go out there and force myself to, to build a relationship with those guys and let them know that, hey, I'm here to help you be the best player you can be uh, and help you get to where you want um, the goals you want to achieve and get to where you want to be come, come uh, next December. So that, that kind of – is how I feel about that. But, you know, when I was contacted by East Carolina, when Coach Houston contacted me and asked me if I was interested in the job, I said, certainly. I knew it was a great opportunity. I was a North Carolina boy. Um, grew up in this state. I knew that, hey, you know, of all the, all the schools in North Carolina, it's one of the few that football is just as important or more important than basketball. You know, with some other schools down the road, basketball may be the, the driving force there. So, <laughs> I was excited about that. I was excited being just a community where, uh, you know, they really, they really cared about their football. It's been an awesome experience so far. And I'm really excited for the fall. Yeah, and coach. Speaking of um, speaking of Coach Houston, what's what's something that you know the outsiders don't really know about Houston? What what kind of makes you want to? What made you want to be on his staff uh, here at ECU? Coach Houston's won everywhere he's went been. I mean, that's, you know, whether it's Lenore Ryan, the Citadel, James Madison, and he's gonna, we're going to win football games here. There's no question about that. And right. just his attention to detail, how he handles his business, how he can, you know, uh, run, run a football team, run an organization from the top down, whether it's, you know, interacting with alumni, the media, the athletic department, the AD, uh, or our players and our coaches. 
he's going to make everyone around him better and going to make sure they, they get, you know, the most out of their ability. And that's pretty exciting. Um, and, and as a coach, you always want to be around people that are going to push you to be better. So that's, that's one thing he's got to know he's going to do. Um, to me as an individual, it's made me a better coach. So I was excited about that opportunity. Awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, that's great to hear, especially from our coaches. I mean, for, for the last three or four years, it's kind of been kind of like, oh, well, we've got one solid coach. Now it feels like we've got – We've got, we got several. We've got several yeah. solid head coaches. Um, I saw when, when they first announced you, one of the first things you did was actually join Coach Houston at an ECU basketball game. Mm. What, what was that experience like? That was pretty cool. You know, like it kind of was coincidence they were playing Houston. Coach Houston took me to the game. They were playing Houston. But, uh, <laughs> you know – we got to sit up front row, which I thought was pretty awesome. I'd never sat front row in a basketball game courtside like that. So I was a little bit of a, a kid in the candy shop there. Um, but the one thing I, you know, what stood out to me was the passion the fans had of that game. Um, and, and then how hard our players played. I mean, our basketball team plays hard. And maybe that you sometimes you look at the scoreboard at the end of the game, it's not exactly what you want it to be right now, but you feel like, hey, it's going in the direction and you're going to look up next season, and they're going to be exactly where it should be at the end of the game. Because the, the intensity and the effort level they attack the game with, that's how we want our, that's how we want our players to attack it. And that's right. how we want to play defensively is, you know, you guys look out there next fall and say, hey, these guys play hard because that's what we are. We're an effort-based defense, and they get after people, and they play from, you know, the first snap to the last snap 100 miles an hour. So that, that was really my impression when I walked into, you know, to the uh, to the gym there and the maniacs and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I mean, ECU basketball. I mean, I, I used to be the president of the Minchies Maniacs. I, so they it holds a special place in my heart to hear somebody <laughs> say, "Yeah, we, we like going to the to the basketball games too." Because I mean, I know they don't get as much credit as as the football team or the baseball team mm-hmm. a lot of the times. But you, like you said, it, they're going in the right direction. It's looking like ECU football's going in the right direction. I'm, I'm glad that you're a part of that. Um, what, if you had to say, what is the one thing that looking at next year, looking at football, what is the one thing that you would say, okay, if we do this, this season will be a success? Well, I, I think, you know, as, as a football coach, you take it one game at a time. So, if you, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. If you, beat, yeah. if you beat Marshall, then then just a success, you know, then the next week, you, you know, so week by week by week. But, you know, I, I think defensively we got to make, you know, and then just taking a look at my side of the ball and, and what I can do is we got we got to make huge improvements of just getting getting off the field. Um, stop and, and no, no uh, secrets about it. I mean, we, we want to stop the run defensively. That's our number one goal each and every week, and make make the team throw the football, right? And then try to get them behind the sticks, create negative plays, put them in second and 12, third and long, those are the type of situations. Uh, and do that, you know, if you can stop the run, you can create a little mayhem for the quarterback and, and make him panic a little bit. And that way he can't be as good a player as he possibly can be. And then uh, we, talk, we talk about winning the money down, winning third down. Um, and we, we make a huge emphasis on that in our meetings, the way we practice it, game day. We want everybody, you know, putting little money signals with their hands out there and, and make sure all 50,000 and, and Dowdy Ficklin know, hey, it's important that we get off the field in third down. We do a great job with that, have 70, 70% success rate. 
and uh, get our offense back on the field because we know we got some special playmakers on that side of the ball. And then the other thing we're focusing on right now is uh, turnovers, whether it's just showing our guys uh, through our meetings, NFL clips of turnovers or talking to them about how turnovers are created and all those things happen. Um, because, you know, if you, win the, if you win the turnover battle, you win 77% of the time. Um, you know, you win 77% of the game. So if we can just do those little things, add that little stuff up, you know, along with the culture piece that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. then I think we're going to give our, our guys a good chance to win games on, on Saturdays and, and uh, put a product on the field that Pirate Nation will be excited about. I like to hear that. And yeah, Coach, I, I've personally got no more questions for you, but I'm, I'm very, very excited uh, when and if, you know, this season gets underway um, to, just to see what, what you and Coach Houston and the rest of the staff um, have, in, have in store uh, for, these, for these players um, and for the season going forward. You know, I'm just, just excited to see how far you guys can take this thing uh, with Pirate Nation. So, Well, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. And, and uh, you know, our offense is certainly – already exciting just yeah. the playmakers they got on that side of the ball and those guys are a year older now and what they're able to do and score some points and we want to be equally exciting defensively mm -hmm. so that hey you know you're not waiting just for the offense to get back out there you're excited about watching our defense and watching Absolutely. our kids fly around because they certainly can we we've got guys that you know i know is going to sell out play hard you know and, and play with great effort championship at a championship level and uh, excited to watch those guys get out there and perform. So it should, it should be a fun season. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it, uh, Coach. We, we wanted to thank you for coming on. But uh, before you go, we have one question that we like to ask <laughs> all of our guests. We, so this is episode seven of the Boneyard Podcast. Mm -hmm. We've had – I'm already starting to lose count. I think we've had four guests on already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and every single one of them, we've asked the same question, okay? Um, so we want to ask you, we know that you've only been here for a little over a month and a half, almost two months. Have you been to Sup Dogs yet? So I've been there like three different times. So okay. good, good, good. 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 <laughs> okay. So, so this, this question will work. What's your Sup Dogs go to order right now? Uh, so we, I actually, I've been inside three different times. We've had takeout okay. two different, two different times, uh, since they've opened back up. But I, I think I'm going for the, um, I don't know exactly what it is on the menu, but it's got chili, cheese, bacon on the hot dog. You get two of those, tater tots. It's been good stuff. So just it's been a good spot. You know, wife, wife and the kids, they they obviously love hot dogs. So oh, yeah. uh, it, it's been a good spot and, and really enjoyed it. And and everywhere we've been in Greenville like that to eat has been really awesome. So it's been a good experience. That's great to hear. Uh, the the food in Greenville, I mean, I, I grew up in in the Piedmont Triad of North Carolina. Um, so I know that the food here is a little bit different than the food there. I come yeah. from Lexington. I went to – so I grew up with Lexington-style barbecue. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, I, I, love, I, I love the Eastern style as well. Um, but we, we wanted to thank you again, Coach, for, for coming on. Um, we're looking forward to this year. Um, do you have anything else to say no, to Pirate Nation? No, I appreciate you guys and everything you guys are doing for Pirate Nation, doing for ECU football and our mm -hmm. program and our athletics. And, you know, just really like to say I'm really proud of what our athletic program is doing right now mm -hmm. from our leadership, from, from our, uh, our chancellor, our athletic director, and our head football coach. Uh, I think I said this um, a couple of weeks ago. It's easy for anybody to lead when the sea is calm. But when the waves get a little rough and times get a little trying, that's when real leaders step up. And those guys have done an amazing job of that. Um, I know, you know, all of us are getting a little stir crazy at home, but we can at least see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, we know that football, we are going to play. And we don't know exactly when, 
uh, we'll be back at it. Um, but we know we're going to be back at it, and we're excited, you know, about that for Pirate Nation. We're excited about that for our program and our players and everybody involved with that. And uh, just keep keep doing what we're doing. Stick with this thing together. So let's stay positive, and let's get ready to go win a bunch of games next fall. Absolutely. Hell yeah, let's go. Uh, I'm ready to run through a wall now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like we said, Coach, we, we really appreciate your time and uh, can't wait to see you coaching on the sidelines in the fall. Any, anytime. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. So yeah, once again, thank you to Coach Blake Harrell for joining us on today's episode of the Boneyard Podcast. A uh, really great interview with him. Um, Marty, what did you think about the interview? Yeah, great interview. Um, you know, Really enjoyed sitting down with him, picking his brain, picking his knowledge, seeing, you know, his outlook for the future. You know, I, I really felt bad for him because, you know, this is his first yeah. year, yeah. you know what I mean, being a defensive coordinator, and he just moved to Greenville in January. Right. Um, and, and so, um, be, you know, having this cut short, having his time with his players, not being able to really implement his culture the way – because, you know, we, we, we talked in, you know, a lot about that in the interview – um, but I, I think once all of this figures itself out and they're able to get back on the field and they're able to go out there and be with their guys, I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to implement and see how he can turn this defense around. So very, very excited, rooting for the guy. You know, I think the both of us are. So uh, and definitely would love to have him back on the show at some point in time. Once again, thank you, Coach Harrell, for uh, joining us. Also wanted to send a thank you to – um, Tom McClellan, he works with the EC Athletic Department, helping us get set up uh, with that interview um, as we as we learn the process and and figure all this stuff out. He was he was a great help to us um, getting set up for today's interview with it being our first member of the ECU coaching staff, ECU personnel. Um, so yeah, once again, thank you, Tom, and uh, thank you, Coach Blake Harrell for uh, for joining us. Um, but Artie, looking looking at kind of the landscape that we're in right now, the times that we're in, um, the coronavirus is it's taking a, a its toll on on universities across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, University of Cincinnati cut men's soccer, Old Dominion I believe cut wrestling. Um, there's talks for Cal Berkeley looking at cutting sports, um, certain sports to help with their with their um, revenue and how, how they're using their money because mm-hmm. they don't have the money. Um, what, what are kind of your thoughts? What are, what are you seeing out there from, from universities cutting sports? Yeah, I mean, the Power Five, you know, it, this is affecting everybody financially. Um, but the Power Five schools are not really seeking to cut any of their sports, and they don't really need to or have to. What this is really hurting is the group of five teams. Um, the conferences, American Athletic, Mid-American, Mountain West, Sun Belt, Conference USA, um, these are the conferences that this NCAA legislation would potentially be really hurting. 
Um, and there's a, I'm, I'm reading an action article right now from the LA Times. Um, there's a letter sent by the group of five um, commissioners. All the commissioners from the group of five schools got together um, and sent a letter to NCAA saying, you know, this is unfair. Um, this is unruly because it's not just talking about um, taking away programs. It's pretty much putting these programs in extinction. You know, there's really no way for them to come back after this. Um, I understand that right now financially um, we're losing a lot of money. Schools are losing a lot of money. Um, but they're not taking into account how this is affecting programs in the future, how it's going to affect kids right now, how it's going to affect kids in the future, um, kids that may have had a, you know, committed to a school or have a scholarship going to a school and all of a sudden, oh, well, you know, like let's say if you were going to Cincinnati to play soccer. Now all of a sudden you can't do that. Your whole life you wanted to go play soccer at University of Cincinnati, and now you can't do that. And so um, I think it's unfortunate. I think, I think it sucks. Um, hopefully we can, you know, find another route, find another way to not have to cut any sports. You know, I know ECU hasn't planned on cutting anything right now. Thank God they don't, they don't plan on cutting anything right now. But I always look at it from a student-athlete perspective. I don't look at it from the, the big suit sitting in, in, in the boardrooms making the decisions. I always base it off of the student-athletes because they're the ones actually busting their humps to make the money for the big suits. So I, I just think, I, I think it sucks and I think it's unfortunate. But um, I don't really know where we go from here. Yeah, I mean, that that's the one thing. I mean, you think about these students that they've worked so hard to get a scholarship. Um, a lot of these schools that are – or a lot of these programs that are being cut um, or co- being considered to be cut, um, they, they don't give full-ride scholarships to every player. They don't mm-hmm. – if they give full-ride scholarships at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a time where, I mean, it's – I mean, it's really – I mean, it's hurting – those programs, but it's also something that, I mean, there's got to be a different way. And also, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that I know how to fix that, but there's got to be a different way, a different avenue for these guys to go to, um, to get those sports in there um, and to keep these sports alive, keep these programs alive. Um, but like you said, I, I don't think, I don't foresee anything happening at ECU. Mm-hmm. Um, from the ECU perspective, I don't, I don't see that. Um, I, I don't know which sports you would cut. Um, but what I will say is at ECU, we have had financial issues in the past. Over the last two or three years, we've had some financial issues. Hopefully with the new TV deal that the American Athletic Conference just signed, hopefully that will help our athletic department a little bit more. Um, and if we can get back to a winning, winning ways – um, once all this is said and done, hopefully we can see more gate revenue, see see more merchandise revenue, mm-hmm. see th- see that revenue coming coming in, um, so that we can see a growth in ECU athletics. But as a whole, for NCAA, we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. The, the NCAA, I mean, a lot of times they're they're. They don't look out for anybody but well, themselves. I just think about the long term consequences for these schools too. You know, long you, you cut these programs out long term, you know, you're 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 taking away scholarships, you're taking away money, you're taking away a whole bunch from these schools, and it's not like I said, it's not the power five schools, it's not your USC's, your Alabama's, your Michigan's, your Ohio State's, it's your Cincinnati's, it's your Memphis's, it's your ECU's, it's you know, it's it's the 
you know, not saying that we're small universities, we're big universities, but we're not on the level of those other universities that I mentioned. And so, and it's not hurting them, it's hurting the group of five schools. And so that's what I really think is unfortunate about this whole situation. Yeah, I I don't know where to go from this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, hopefully we'll see, hopefully we'll see uh, sports back and we won't have to see the programs get cut. Right, you know, hopefully we're back to normal in two months and all this is just forgotten. But um, that... That's to be seen. Um, I saw another interesting thing kind of staying on the coronavirus update topic. Um, We've been trying to give a coronavirus update over the last couple weeks, every week. It's the new norm. I mean, (laughs) that's the only thing we have to report on right now. Um, But I saw an article talking about, like, the options for football or college sports to return. And one one of the interesting ones that I saw was, Playing football in the spring, man, could you imagine, could you imagine, all right, Artie, mm-hmm. going out, we're going to go tailgate for a game at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, uh, it's going to be sometime maybe April, you got the, you get a doubleheader, so you got ECU <laughs> baseball going on. You got Clark LeClaire going bananas. And then. You got, so you have a 2 o'clock start time for baseball on mm-hmm. a Saturday afternoon. Then that night, those people who have been drinking in the jungle all day get ready. They go to a 7 p.m. start time for, for a football for game. A football game. <laughs> could you imagine? What in the how, – how I, I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm here for it. If, 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 that's, if it. that's how it has to be, I'm here for it. My kidneys, however, I do not know if my kidneys are here for it. But I'm here for it. I'm ready. <laughs> Man, I, I would love. So, I mean, think about it. You could, you could possibly see a day where you have baseball, basketball, and football playing at the same time. I can tell you, I probably wouldn't make it to the end of the football game. I'd probably be passed out by nine, ten o'clock. Yeah, well, <laughs> I might not make. It. I'll, 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 I'll coach you through it. <laughs> I'll coach you through it. But yeah, um, <laughs> these are some of the ideas uh, that we've seen. I mean, I've seen pushing. We talked about last week pushing the season back mm-hmm. to uh, maybe starting in October. Which it's 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 getting pushed back. Yeah. We we can We're, stop saying it's it's going to get pushed back at least a month. Um, uh, I mean, I, I could see it starting in October. Yeah, um, second week in October. Uh, once everything's kind of figured out, maybe they'll find a vaccine for this shit and uh, call it a day. Maybe uh, I don't know. They're, they're still testing all of it. I don't know what. I mean, I don't know all the science of it. If somebody mm-hmm. that's from the School of Medicine or Biology and Life Sciences or whatever, want to call us and let us know what, what's going on. I, I have no idea. All and, and, and we're not side. rushing them because we don't know, you know, it's not like we're no, coming I'm up with the cure. Them. I, I want my sports back. I mean, absolutely, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not out here, you know, coming up with the cure anytime soon. So I'm not just going to sit here and, you know, tell the doctors, hey, come on, chop, chop. But, you yeah, know, hope, mean, we, we, yes, we do want to get back oh, to some normalcy. Gosh, I'm just so ready for sports to be back. Very, very soon. I I am going wild. I, I looked at I looked at my wife the other day. I was like, "You realize we haven't watched a live sporting event? This is when we were watching the draft. Mm-hmm. She let me watch the draft. Like I said, we went to the beach over the weekend, and she let me watch the draft. I mean, and I mean, <laughs> Jerry, this it's that, April, that was all that we had. On it's the April twenty sixth. Baseball should be in full swing. Yeah, the playoffs for the NBA should be in full swing. 
Hockey playoffs should be in full swing. I mean, <laughs> it's April 26th. We should, you know, we should have all these sports we're talking about right yeah, now. We're just not. My, my Hurricane should be uh, making a run to the Stanley Cup <laughs> final right now and and hopefully beating a team like, I don't know, Calgary. Or, I wouldn't mind seeing, another, seeing a rematch of the 06 final. Carolina, Edmonton, that, mm. that, that'd be, that'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm I'm so ready for – I mean, baseball's supposed to be in full swing. I have, I have tickets to go to a Braves game in early June. That that was my Christmas present from Savannah. Yeah. And, man. I mean, we were just at a Canes game, what, two months ago? Yeah, seems like it, yeah. You and I, we went Maybe through. three months ago, maybe a little less than three it, months it ago. I mean, beginning of January, I guess, or yeah. mid-January, geez. Yeah, I mean. Wild, wild. So yeah, we all we all want to get back to normalcy. We, we all want our sports back. We you know? weren't <laughs> expecting this all to take a turn like it has. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would have asked me or told me in two months ago that hey, the hockey playoffs aren't being played, you're actually considering not playing any sports the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would have told me that, I would have thought something else happened other than a pandemic, but. Right. The the bright side, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I saw that maybe NBA teams will be able to practice. In. Yeah, they're, they're starting because, you know, as states start to reopen some things, um, gyms in some states are starting to reopen so players can go back and practice a little bit. So, that I mean, that's, that's, that's you know, a shining light in a very dark tunnel. Just but, keep um, that – What's what's his name? Gobert. Mm-hmm. Keep that. Is that the guy that started? Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Keep, keep that guy. Tell him to wash his hands. For, <laughs> well, look, this was gonna sake. this this was gonna happen regardless of what Rudy yeah, Gobert did. But but I mean, the guy touching on the microphones and shit, man. You know, fu- uh, kind of a funny tidbit or interesting tidbit. The Hurricanes played in Detroit two nights after. Uh, Gobert's team stayed in Detroit or mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. And the Hurricanes play-by-play announcer, John Forslund, actually stayed in the same room. That Gobert stayed in. That Gobert stayed in. Wow. And he flew back with the team because they, they got the call. They were supposed to be playing in New Jersey the next night. Mm-hmm. They got the call saying, hey, we're not going to be playing. We're going to put the season on hold. And then they got a call saying, yeah, so-and-so may have stayed in the same room as the guy that came up, came down with it in the NBA. Um, so he had to go into like two weeks of isolation. Luckily, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't contract anything. So I mean, they stay in five star hotels. The the cleaning ladies at those hotels are are pretty <laughs> damn good. But um, at least we hope. But jeez, I mean, I'm and just and look, so ready you, for you know, sports. Yeah, and I, I'd watch anything. I'd wa- I would wa- I watch some. Thing the other day on I think it was on TikTok of some family doing some like quarantine Olympics. Mm-hmm. They were doing like seeing who could get somebody to answer FaceTime quick enough or fastest. I was like, this is the only competition that I I can watch right now. And look, you know, ESPN is really trying. They're doing this Madden tournament. And they they've done the horse challenge with the NBA players and former NBA greats and stuff like that. They're trying really hard to keep people entertained, but it's not the same. I, I want my sports back. I know. You know? I, I know ESPN and Fox Sports. They're going to start playing um, the MLB Twenty, 
Mm-hmm. They've got a representative from each team that's playing MLB 20 against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing that pretty much every night. I think Fox or I think Fox Fox Sports and ESPN. I think they're both going to show that um, going forward. Hopefully, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just ready for real sports, yeah. man. Yeah. And, and I, I look, I, I commend them for being able to, <laughs> to come to work every day and still put on a great show. Um, and like I said, they're trying real hard, but. You know, we all we all know what we want. So, so yeah. But all right, I think that's a, that's enough quarantine coronavirus talk. Let's uh, <laughs> let's end it on a happy note. Absolutely. We mentioned it earlier that uh, with our sweepstakes that we're doing on on Twitter, um, giving away the Sup Dogs National Championship T-shirt and the hundred dollars Sup Dogs gift card. Um, we will be announcing that next week. So make sure you retweet that tweet and follow that tweet. Um, or yes, follow people. us on Twitter. That way you'll be entered to win. Um, also, you can reply to that tweet showing that you've subscribed to the podcast for an extra entry. All right? Do that. Um, also, we ask that you leave us a review. Um, send us a message. At, when we send out the Boneyard Bounty questions for the week, uh, make sure you send those back in. We'll, uh, we, we want to hear from you. We want to answer your questions whether it's a question about uh, sports in general, ECU athletics, our time at ECU, anything, mm-hmm. we're an open book. We wanna we wanna answer your questions. Um, so, yeah, send us those. We we want we want to be there for you. Um, I think we've gone long enough already. We, last week we had a two hour podcast. Yeah, we don't need to go two hours we, again today. I don't want to go two hours <laughs> again. I, I'll, and I got to go get ready for work. Yeah. So. Uh, Without further ado, thank you again, thank you again guys. Um, we're we're going to head out of here. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us, whatever you need to do. Um, we thank you all again. Remember to stay safe, stay healthy. Until next week, Fire Nation. Yep. All right. We out. <laughs>